Oh, hey, all you hug dealers. Okay, this is a personally curated dark call for all of you that have been asking what you might be missing over on Patreon. But don't worry, this is a bonus, and we'll still also be filling your earballs this week with the new 911 calls episode as expected. What makes a dark call a dark call? Well, one of two things. One, the call might not resolve like normal. In other words, it might be a bit more uncomfortable, but we still try really hard to find the humor in everything, just like normal. And we try to hold your hand through all the craziness that might ensue. Two, it might be a topic that we find a little more intense than we would normally play on the 911 Calls podcast with the operator, which, after all, is a family show. Three... The theme song sounds a bit different. It's still the same song, but it's performed by my friends down at the Gothic Church of the 7-Elevens. They're a startup. Support your local goths, I say, all the time. Four, but finally, rest assured, there's always, always, always a happy ending that is both happy and the ending to each episode. So, with that, I hope you'll continue to trust me as I present this special, hand-picked, dark call for your earballs to absorb hugs Hey, Luna. Hey, man. Hey, you ever been, um, you ever been bit by a wild animal? <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, I, well, a wild animal. I got bit by, um, by a dog one time that was, just came running out of nowhere. I was going to get a newspaper and two dogs actually came at me and the one bit me and I had to go get a rabies shot. But other than that, um, that one visit with your mother a couple yeah. months ago, just to, <laughs> that was it, right? She's wild. I was gonna, I was gonna cut you off and say, yeah, it doesn't count, doesn't count uh, the bars downtown. The you know, cougars from the bar the cougs. that do not count. Cougs, cougs. <laughs> um, speaking of How about bars, you? I, um, have I ever been bit by a wild animal? Yeah, actually, um. I got bit by a rabbit one time. That was wild. A rabbit. Yeah, I was wow. trying to feed it and it bit me. And then also okay. I got bit by a squirrel one time. I managed some apartments and there was a squirrel there that was so so um, used to people that he would crawl on your arm. But it was weird. Like when he was on your arm, you know, like if a cat came and sat on you, it's com- it feels comfortable. I knock it off. But with no, the squirrel, me. the squirrels are like wild and shaky. Like like you can feel their wild energy. Like like nothing about them. They're like ready to flee at any second, right? So right. Anyway, it's like on my arm, and I'm like, now what? Like, what do I, you know, feed him nuts or whatever? But he like bit me and then ran away. And I'm like, what? Why? Why be comfortable around people just to bite them? It reminds me of those monkeys that steal stuff in India. Yeah, 
Yeah, babies. Um, yeah, babies. Yeah, I mean, if we were talking about getting nipped by things, I could give you a thousand examples. But I, I'm, when you said, have you been bit by a wild animal? I'm picturing, you know, a real bite, not just cat nipping at you or a little no, squirrel. That, no, I got legit bit by a squirrel, like blood blood drawn by a squirrel. And, oh, uh, and by a rabbit, too, yeah. And... Um, trying to think if there was anything else is this hard is this hard for you to talk about no yeah i mean a little bit it 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 messed me up i mean all the other things that i've been through not no problem but this yeah kind of shook me shook me no i'll never go back in the water now what (laughs) back in the water (laughs) yeah i don't know where that's going hey anyway guess Uh, what that has um absolutely nothing to do with this first call okay good just because there's nothing humorous about this first call. So, oh. but, but I wanted to talk about something uplifting. You know, so wild animal bites came to mind. Mm. So, anyways. Okay. You're going to hit play. All right, let's then. jump in. Let's, let's jump into this dumpster fire here. Oof. Uh, Already right, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. Fully engulfed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I put the dumb in dumpster fire. <laughs> Anyway, here, let me give you a little backstory on this um, on this first call. So Monica Botello's eight-year-old daughter called 911 on March 7th, 2010, from their home in northwest Detroit. After, after the daughter found her mother and father shot in the basement, she had seen some men come into their home previous and had heard the shots. She remained hidden with her six-year-old half-sister until she was, she knew that the killers had left and then went downstairs. Her father's dead. Her mother is almost died, has almost died. She calls 911. Here's how it goes. You ready for me to uh, hit play? Yeah. 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 That's messed up. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, here we go. Um, my mom is in the basement, and um, I need an emergency, and I need, hello? Where at? Mommy, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where we at, I'll tell you, I need. Let me speak to your mom. No, she's, she's almost dead. Mommy! Where are we at? So annoying. So frustrating. Um, yeah. 
<sighs> all right. Uh, all right. So here, here's a little bit of the obvious stuff to cover on this one. Um, one sec. It's just. Well, hold sure. on. So yeah, that's fine. The the operator um, clearly has a has an attitude problem. Yeah, for sure. She was talking. She was talking to the kid like. Like she knew her, and she'd been babysitting her all day, and she'd been coming up with her to her with all kinds of garbage talk, and she'd heard enough. Yes, that's you know, a- when a, when a, when a kid that young calls nine one one. I mean, there's clearly an issue. You got to you got to calm them down to get the truth out of, the, or sorry, to, to to calm them down to get. I, like how I'm speaking right now, I I need a mother right now. I need a mother on the 911 call to to, to clear my thoughts out. <laughs> you know, they got to calm them down, and she's interrupting her. At the moments when she finally grabs her thoughts properly and is able to put them across, she's going to tell her where she's at at one point there, right? She interrupts her. Yes. Asking how old her sister is? Yeah. she. It's like she was so stuck on certain details. One thing that seemed like she was stuck on the moment is she just did not want to tolerate listening to an eight-year-old. She right. wanted. She was on a mission to get somebody else on the phone, and so she was not listening to any of the facts or the details of the per, uh, of the input from the eight year old to the point where when she's telling them the location, which is fundamental to get to getting help there, right? While she's mm. like, "I've got the address," she's like, "What's your sister's name? How old is she? Right. Get her. Where is she?" I was like, "No, stop! Sh- just shut your mouth for a second. Um, it it reminded me. So the word empathy came to mind. Like she had zero empathy for this girl, right? And it made me think of one of two things, and both could be wrong, but it made me think of it like. Either that dispatcher doesn't have kids and doesn't know right. how to have empathy for children, or maybe worse, she has kids and now you know how she treats her own kids. Right. You know. Yeah, that's kind of the sense I got. Who knows, right? But the sense I got was as soon as she heard it was a little kid on the line, she was like, oh, this bullshit. Like, this is this is going to take forever. You know? Yeah. Like, you're right. We don't know. So I'm going to say she's got kids and they're in cages in their home. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Since we don't know, that's the story I'm sticking with. She right. pokes she them beat. with, uh, yeah, she beats them, pokes them with uh, her stiletto heels before she goes down to the grub, <laughs> the grub shop down the road to get some grub. <laughs> I'm going grubs. down to the grub shop. You kids stay here and eat the piles of cereal that I left you on the floor. <laughs> okay, all right. Take it easy. So sorry, uh, sorry. Oh no, but also no, no, no. That's all right. It was it was very frustrating. Um, so this little girl calls in. Her mom and her dad have been shot. Dad's dead. They hid out the entire time, and uh, so the, the the dispatcher does finally get the address. See. My instinct breath to start if I w- if I was the operator would be to tell the little girl, "Okay, you don't know where you are. There's no one else in the house." She was trying to figure that out, but she kept on asking her to talk to the people that were obviously in distress if she was hearing the call. Um, so my instinct, what I'm trying to get to, is to tell her to go outside to see what the address is on the door to jog her little memory. Right? This is an eight year old little girl, and she does finally do that. Um, by the end of the call, I couldn't get a sense of whether or not she had actually sent anybody to the scene. That was the end of the call up. Yeah. Yes. And good point. So I think oftentimes there's the you can't hear the ticka 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 of the keyboard or whatever. And so okay. that doesn't help us, you know, in our sense of emergency or sense of urgency for what we're hearing. But apparently, she had 
you know, as quickly as she could, she got uh, uh, police officers and medical routed. So, but he, so there was some uh, news reporting afterwards. So I'm just going to read some of the news reporting um, about this. So, sure. About the dispatcher first. So the 911 dispatcher who respond, responded very callously to her um, for pleading for her life, for her mother, uh, she was actually disciplined. And uh, that was announced by the Detroit police chief, Warren Evans. Um, the, he stated... Whenever I hear disciplined, I, I always picture someone being spanked. Yeah, like how do you... like? Like in a business at a workplace, how do you just is that a write up? Just a write up in her file, you know? Yeah, she just gets placed right over the mayor's knee, and he just starts spanking her. Yeah, and she might even be on another call still with her headphones, right. on, her headset like, on. Yeah, it's like nine one one. How? What do you do? You medic, medical or fire? Please <laughs> tell me. Oh goodness! Oh loudy! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah, like that. Like that. Um, so he, Warren Evans, the, the police chief, said the dispatcher acted appropriately by sending a car in a timely fashion, but she should have more shown more sensitivity toward the eight-year-old during the call. Um, dispatcher's name was never released uh, or any specific definition of the disciplinary action that she received, but uh, <laughs> they, they, they summed it up as both were personnel matters. So I love that. Like... Like, uh, you know, wouldn't it be nice if, like, you know, would you could have whatever happen in your house and then CPS comes and they're like, hey, so we've uh, received some reports about certain things happening in your house. And you're like, mm, it's just personnel matters. And they're like, all right, see you later. I mean, how, you know, how does that happen? You know, people's lives are in, in hanging the balance and then we can just dismiss stuff by saying, oh, it was taken care of. It was a personnel matter. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. Oh, it's stupid. Yeah, they have to do it, man. They have to They have to push it along. They got to move it along. You don't want to get stuck there and lambasted forever on these kind of things. It's uh, Yeah, you're right. They do. They got to get the, the ship moving again, you know. Well, they need something else horrible to happen, too, because it will. Something else bad will happen to take the, take the uh, attention off of what's going on right there. Uh, you just got to wait and you got to buy yourself time for sure. That's true. Yeah, and isn't it weird though? Like when something ha- like that happens, you know, you know who uh, I think of often when I think about somebody begging for a tragedy to happen to take the heat off, right? Is uh, Gary Condit? He was the one that was accused of killing his uh, his uh, assistant. He's like a, I think he was a senator. And okay. like his his whole thing's going and it's like lighting up. It's national news and we're all staring at it. And then nine eleven happened. I mean that guy. Oh right, we talked about this I think before. David David Hasselhoff actually had put out a, an album on the on the day that nine eleven happened. Ooh, and uh, rough. Yeah, it would have really bombed. But well, he's really popular in Germany, so maybe it didn't really, you know, move the needle. Maybe it. Maybe he did okay. Yeah, maybe it. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think it would have done that well. <laughs> Here's a couple more things about uh, he, he, the police chief. Uh, man, we had a really pregnant pause there where we both waxed philosophical about Hasselhoff. 
Yeah. I was just thinking about the possibility of it doing really well, right? Like, it didn't affect it either way. It's really what I was trying to figure out. If 9-11 hadn't happened right now, you and I might be singing, like, you know, oh, you know, you know, Jack, like, the, the song from Hasselhoff, the, don't get stuck on my skirt, do, do. and you're like, yeah, boop, 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 and you know the words, and I know the words, and it's like some weird yeah. reality where it, like, actually, oh, wow. that would be weird. You're right. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't say I'm right. You're the one making this whole thing up. You're right, I, could be, maybe. Could be cool. Could be really cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I do like, um, it's always nice when police chiefs or someone come out and they kind of kick, give a kick in the nuts to a whole department or whatever. And So Evans, the police chief, he did say, some 911 dispatchers in Detroit need attitude, ad- attitude adjustments when dealing with frantic callers. It's likely from spending many years on the job and dealing with thousands of calls a day, he acknowledged. But he said the dispatchers could be more reassuring and consoling without compromising their professionalism. He says, we're going to continue to work on it. Um, that's transparent. You know, that's, that's pretty good. That's, you know, acceptable. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Just fire her, though. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, right? You know, Annette, I will say, as a business owner who's had employees, who has employees, um, when you go through all the effort of training someone, there's, there's a cost involved, right? And so, in, in a, especially in something like this where, you know, the, the, the muscle memory that has to be developed as a dispatcher to fire someone that you've developed as an asset is probably a really hard decision to make. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. You know what else is hard? Being an eight-year-old kid in a house where your mom just got shot and your dad's dead and you're on the phone and you figured out how to call 911 and your mom's breathing her last breath and you're trying to communicate with her and then you got this woman on the phone, this 911 operator, giving you a hard time about it. Yeah, a hundred. That's hard too. One hundred thousand percent. Because, man, you think about that. Like, I think about that when she says, no, he's dead. My dad's dead. Like, yeah. Not only was she composed enough to try to stay on, stay in line, you know, and give what she she wanted to, but at the beginning of that nine one one call, she was r- rattling off what she needed. She was like, "I need, yes, you know, I need emergency. Hello, are you there? Like, I'm trying to feed you Man. information, and um, yeah, and for her to have the composure to just be like, "No, no, he's dead. I know he's dead. Like, and still, she's in a basement. Yes." I wanted to hear some words coming out of that operator's mouth, like, you know, okay, honey, things like that, you know, soothing her. Because yeah. if she could have got, if she could have really uh, broken down what had gone on right there, that's an eight year old little girl and, it's, and her six year old sister that she is taking care of throughout this. They stayed quiet and they stayed hidden while two, while some people came into the house and killed their mom and dad. Yes. Right. And now this little girl is being more sensible and more calm and more easygoing than the operator themselves. When you really listen to that call based on what she had just gone through, it's <clears throat> um, pretty amazing. Yeah, sure. Pretty amazing. Disturbing. You know, th- like, think about it. Like, I don't know if you've ever been eight years old and had to go in a basement <laughs> for anything. Yes. Hey, will you go to the basement and get this thing? Can Stand you imagine fine. being upstairs? Yeah, upstairs and then. You're like you have to go into a basement to to find your two dead parents. I mean, jeez. Well, the dude. Also, the the people that were just in there could come back too. She was staying yeah, she really no well idea. poised. Totally uh, amazing. amazing. Stuff. And 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 I'm sure having to keep her six year old 
half sister at bay somewhere else. You know, like between the nine one one call and everything, that six year old is like somewhere freaking out. You know, probably right alone, her, probably holding onto her side. Could be. Yeah. So I, you're right. I mean, that's that's definitely a situation that uh, that's rough. That's super rough. Yeah. It is. So, uh, well, is that it? Well, the investigators originally um, they 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 came and looked at the situation and everything, and they believed that uh, the mother and father were gunned down by an acquaintance. Uh, all all signs led to that um, that uh, the person persons were let in willingly. There was no sign of int- you know break in or anything like that. Um, witness, which was the two children, also led to believe that they were acquaintances. Um, so Detroit police arrested two men and uh, one man one interestingly enough I can't you you can't no one I don't know I mean I don't know how to find the information on the second man except for that they arrested a second man in connection with it filed a first degree warrant um against him I don't know his name or anything but one guy his name is um Derek Denard Smith. He's four, he was forty-two when it happened. Here's just—I'm going to read down his his uh, prison details. Here, he's currently in the uh, uh, Maryland Department of Corrections. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Michigan Department of Corrections. His aliases: <clears throat> Leatherface. Oh, good. Uh he goes by Fenard Trimble, Leatherface Smith, Leatherface Trimble, Leatherface Wallace. I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe don't use Leatherface so much. Oh, here's what's <laughs> funny, though. He goes by Leatherface, and then because the, all the prison uh, prisoner detail, biographical information, always has marks and scars and tattoos that they have. Yeah, he probably under, has scars all over his face, right? Under marks, scars, and tattoos, it just says, none. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, none. Okay. So why why is he called himself Leatherface? And you look at him, yeah. he kind of he, he looks more like uh, Pharrell than you know Leatherface. Yeah. I was thinking Seal. I was thinking it was going to be like Seal. Yeah, just totally pockmarked and kind of a beat up face. You know. Well, that makes no. makes sense. So okay, check he, this out. Go. This is the charges. Was, yeah. So uh, prison sentences. Um, in this case, he was uh, he was sentenced. Uh, 60 years for torture, two, two, two sentences, uh, two convictions on torture, two 60-year uh, terms, um, and, uh, and then two first-degree murder, homicide, premeditated murder, life, life sentences for those. Previous, these are his inactive prison sentences, one for weapony felon, weapony felony firearms, two, three... <laughs> Three weapony felony fire weapons felony firearms. One's is carrying it weapony? a concealed weapon. It's not weapony. Wep- Why he keeps on saying weapony? Sorry, I is meant it weapons weaponry? felony. Well, it says weapons felony, and I was saying weapony on accident. <laughs> so he oh, served two okay. two years for for that. Served one year six months for carrying a concealed weapon. Two years for assault with dangerous weapon felonious assault. He served ten years, uh, two terms of ten years for kidnapping. Robbery, armed robbery, armed robbery, carrying a concealed weapon, assault with intent to rob while armed. Man, this guy has done so much time. And then, you know, now he's in for life. Good, good job, Leatherface. 
Yeah, I wonder if he had of, or I don't know what his accomplice was like, had of, I wonder if they knew the girls were in the house. So often you would hear, well, it's not so often, but in cases such as this, if they knew that there was, uh, you know, two two little girls in the house, you have that many charges. Um, leave no witnesses. Leave no witnesses for sure, or have your way with the, with the girls too. You know, when yeah. you when you're a journeyman felon, um, from yes. what I know of those guys, they're all pedophiles too. No, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But I mean, it's, it, they're lucky. They're, they they obviously hid well. I don't think that they were probably at the door. Like the little girl did not answer the door or anything like that. They probably heard a commotion, probably hid, and then came out to find the aftermath afterwards. Um, like also, a close call. because there was torture charges prior. Right, that's uh, what I was. Uh, in, that's yes. what set me so off I'm, on that. Yeah, I wonder if the mother or father knew, saw them approaching. It was like this is not going to go well, and they hid the kids. Maybe you know they they could have hid the kids and said, "Don't move." Um, that's here comes Leatherface. Yeah, here comes yeah. Le- Leatherface, not Scott, no, Babyface Pharrell Leatherface is coming to the door. He doesn't have his hat right. on, though. Ah, uh, man. Anyway, I do. Uh, you know what? Something that we're going to try to do here a little bit that's similar to the public shows. We're just going to kind of throw at you, sort of like you throw spaghetti at a wall. A 911 call that is just so stupid. <laughs> Because super super stupid calls oftentimes are not good palate cleansers. And we're like, what should we do with this dumpster full of like stupid calls? Yeah. We're like, hey, let's throw them in on the dark calls because, you know. Yes. So you're going to do one of those right now? Yeah, I've got one. You ready? Uh, <laughs> I have no okay, backstory cool. on this. It really explains everything. Well, you already did it. We already in the beginning when you were talking about the oh, animals yes. bites, you screwed it all yeah. up. I couldn't believe you were doing that. I didn't understand what what. Anyways, yeah. So no, yes, okay, yeah. This this one's about the wild animals. So here we go. Hit it. Here we go. Nine one one. Where's your emergency? What's going on, DeAndre? Man, I got a big. I ain't never seen. It's like something from a Stephen King's movie, bro. It's a big old rat. I mean, a, a bat, man. It's just I don't know how I got in my apartment. You got but, a what? Uh, it's a big white bat, man. I'm talking about big as a cat in my. It's a bat. Big a as a cat. bat, and you say it's uh, white in color. It's white. It's white, man. With a with like a black. It's white. It, it's a white bat, man. It's head be big as a cat. I ain't never seen nothing like this, man. It's in my apartment. I woke up and it. My stuff was all knocked over. My chicken been messed up. The thing been on my stove. It's still in your apartment. Yeah, it's in here. Yeah, it's in here right now. Okay, which room is it in? Oh, uh, it's in uh, the closet. Closet. You closed it in a closet? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, was that, do- was that Dr. I- Zeus? <laughs> <laughs> that guy sounded like... Dr. Seuss or Dr. Zeus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was DeAndre Seuss. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, have, you, have you ever had a bat fly in into anywhere... Like into your room or anything like that before? Yeah, uh, I've had some close calls. Um, yeah, and I've been like camping or fishing and they swoop real close to your head. My mom used to tell me that in the 60s, there was a lot of reports of women that had those like bouffant, yeah, like the, beehive. The, the tall beehive haircuts, right? And yep. it, you'd hear about it every once in a while, like a bat would hit that and get tied up in it and couldn't yep. get out and stuff and, you know. 
so uh, I yeah, I, I just I hope those fly haircuts in. never come back. I had one fly into uh, a room that I was in one time, and I spent probably three hours just staying there with a broom trying to kind of escort it, escort it out. But terrifying, man! It's flying rat. Did you did you have a wig on? I got it out. Like, broom I know, handle I and a wig. A... No, I mean <laughs> I, I was wearing a beekeeper's outfit. I had uh, oven mitts, <laughs> rubber boots, a badminton racket, like everybody else. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's no, it's, uh, you know, you're afraid of rabies, right? You're afraid of rabies when it comes to those things. Yeah, right. Th- that would be the thing, right? That or I guess coronavirus, but, you know, rabies first, but yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you eat it. If you're I'm thinking about real problems that you might have, it would be rabies, not, you know, <laughs> not fictional things yeah. like corona. Just kidding. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. We're trying not to talk about what's going on in the world. Yeah, no though. politics. I'll probably cut no, that. No, 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 nothing. You know, rabies. It's um, also known as hydrophobia. Really? Because people are like terrified of water when they get the rabies. Their throat starts to swell up. It gets like really uh, irritated, and when they go to drink water, it hurts, and they go into this terror state of water. It's huh. It's 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 a it's a wild thing. I think you know that's more crazy. about rabies than you're letting on with your little reactions there, though. Oh wow, that's amazing. No, yeah, I do. I do believe that that actually contributes to the foaming mouth too. It's because the, the person actually gets to the point where they uh, are reticent to swallow. Right. Just the reflex of swallowing, even so. Yeah. There you go. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you have a problem swallowing? Yeah. Depends. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, Pearl that jam. was a white. Uh, sorry, that was what? a white bat. Go ahead. That was a wh- white bat. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, and I wish there was more. Like, I wish I had like the police, yeah. you know, whoever showed up to see what it was, because there there aren't there are not white bats. I've like even seen, an albino no bat, bat, I don't think looks really white. It, you know, he said it was the size of a cat. <laughs> I'll bet. You know what? I'll bet it was owl. It's probably a cat. Oh, <laughs> or an owl. <laughs> Could be a cat, yeah. though, you know. Mm. It had a head like a cat, and it was like yeah, cat like. But I'm going to call it a brat. I mean, a bat. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's eating all my milk. It's clawing at all the furniture. <laughs> it's purring at my face and wants to sleep on my head. <laughs> right. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, that's a, that's a dark call. We're done. It's eh? a dark call for you, folks. Yeah, and that's uh, more like what we'll keep on doing. I think we're going to do two like that going forward. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks for all the support. And, uh, you know, enjoy enjoy your day. Go for a walk. Yeah, the next dark, uh, next dark Call will actually be Dark Call Live. Right. That is um, in sync with episode 16, um, where we'll be covering things on a live video stream that we couldn't cover on the podcast um one because of maybe content uh two because it's video and imagery and we can't do that on a podcast so we thought why not do kind of a awkward two-parter we'll do episode 16 public and then come on over to uh dark calls yeah live and watch a live broadcast live video cast from patreon so we can cover the body cam footage and stuff from this case it's pretty crazy yeah, 
Yeah. So people who are on Patreon, don't be confused about nothing. You just stay here. The alert will come. And uh, we will present some horrible shit for you again real soon. Yeah. Get, How do get, we say get, goodbye get, here? I'm having trouble saying bye right now. It's, you can say how old you want, and then I uh, I just say my normal thing, but with a question mark at the end. You know what's screwing me up is your headphones. It looks like you're going to go and uh, weed whack an entire neighborhood. Uh, well, these are my exercise headphones. You mean because they're like kind of pink purple? Pink, pink that's, orange? That's that's bright orange, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and like- I have one off my head because if I have them both on, I think I talk too loud, which I do. I can tell. So. Oh, yeah. Like a, like a kid in... Uh, on the short bus. Sorry. <laughs> now we're gonna have to start cutting stuff out. Crap. But you know like when you're in school with like the with the headphones on the Yeah, and they're talking too loud. Right. Yeah, yeah my son all, all grew you know, all of his schooling he's had headphones, you know, that he, he was allowed to wear. A kid talks like a, you know, that he's in a wind tunnel. <laughs> oh, my son does it all the time too with his headphones on. Yeah. All of a sudden he'd be like do you think Super Mario is more legitimate than... So, like, it's like, why are you saying Super Mario and legitimate in the same sentence? This is a video game. <laughs> Fantastical world. There's no legitimacy about any of this. Where did you learn the word legitimate? Do you don't even know how to... not in the right context? Exactly. Well, and it doesn't help that, like, I believe both of our sons were probably this way where they're wearing headphones. They can't hear you approach. And then yeah. you like try to get their attention, and they're like, "Oh, what the? Fuck? Why did you? Why you freak me out like that?" Because, because well, I totally. couldn't. I didn't know how else to do it. You know, well, should I blow yeah. on you from across the room? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll come up. Uh, my my uh, my son, he gets thirsty. He's like, "Can I get a, can I get a drink of water?" And, yeah, yeah, yeah. One sec. He's like super thirsty, right? Uh-huh. So I'll pour some hot water into a cup and give it to him. Oh my god! And he'll go to chug it. This is not legitimate drink of water. He'll say legitimate. <laughs> yeah, just just hot. <laughs> he says a lot. Just drinking hot water. I do. I do oh, tell you when I'm thirsty. If you ask me for a cup of water and you're really thirsty, you're gonna be chugging <laughs> pretty much hot water, man. All right. <laughs> oh man. See you later, guys. Take care. All right. Hugs. <laughs> it's fun. All right. <laughs>